significant role in the life of a child, thank you so much for all that you do. It really does make a big difference. You would never see it on my mother's resume, but she has actually spent a lot of time in full-time ministry. Between me and my three younger sisters, my mom spent 19 years in kids' ministry and 12 years in student ministry. And now that my youngest sister is moving out of the house to go off to college, my mom is fully transitioning to young adult ministry. So in case you haven't caught on, my mom doesn't hold a formal ministry position. It's not like she's on staff at a church or anything like that. But my mom has done so much to point me and my sisters to Jesus, to teach us the Bible, and to teach us how to make wise choices in life. And that is ministry. And I am so thankful for the impact that she has made in my life. And if you are a mother who's teaching your kids the Bible, bringing them to church, thank you so much for what you do in the home because that is ministry. Now, this is a great day of celebration for some of us, but I also want to recognize that for some of you, there might be some more heavy emotions surrounding Mother's Day, whether it's because your mom is no longer present in your life or you have unfulfilled dreams of becoming a mother. And I just want to let you know that we're thinking about you, and we've been praying for you all week long. And if there's anything that we can do to pray for you or or come alongside you, we'd love to be able to help you out in that way. Now, this is my first Mother's Day, being a married man. It's also my first Mother's Day, having a baby on the way. And in my books, my wife is still a mother, even though she's three months away from having this baby. And I just tell people, This is the easiest season of parenting that we're in right now. (laughs) So I want to enjoy that while that lasts because in another three months or so, that's all going to change. But we are super excited about this new season of life. And being that we are pretty new at this whole parenting thing, I have all kinds of questions and I want to do my research in order to be a good parent. And thankfully, the internet has all kinds of answers to my questions. So let's see how helpful the internet is. I tried asking the question, should I attend to my baby every time he cries? Maybe you know an answer to that. Well, here's what I found. Yes and no. So some people say you can't spoil your baby by picking them up, cuddling or meeting their needs as soon as they cry. And then we have other people saying, it's okay to let your baby cry a little. Maybe not only okay, but it may lead to more sleep all around. Maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle, but not a super conclusive answer to my question. Here's another one. Should I spank my kid? We had somebody in the first service like, yes! (laughs) So maybe this is one that you feel strongly about. Some people feel strongly that, yes, you should spank because when done properly, spanking helps children grow in respect and obedience and self-control. And then you have other people on the other side of the fence saying, yeah, there's other ways to discipline and spanking is not even an effective form of discipline. Well, let's move on to another question. Should I put my kids in public school? And this is one that even strong, committed Christians have some different convictions on. Some people would say, yes, we need to have Christians in the public school in order to reach more people. And then other people who are Christians and hold the same values would say, maybe the best way for our kids 
is to have a solid foundation through private school or homeschooling or something like that. So even this, maybe not super cut and dry on the way to go. Here's another question. Should I pay for my teen to go to college? Maybe this is one you're still working through. Some people would say, sure, financial support can send a message about the importance of education and inspire a student to work harder. Whereas other parents would say, nah, paying for expenses after high school can teach responsibility and prepare a student for adulthood. Here's just one more. How long should I let my adult child live in the home? (laughs) Maybe you have convictions about that one. Yeah, some people say, I would never kick my child out of the house. They're welcome as long as they want. Other people are like, 18? Learn some responsibility. And I just bring up all of these things to say, there are so many questions in life that are not super cut and dry. And if you are a mother, you're probably navigating life decisions like this on a pretty regular basis. And there's so many different parenting styles out there. And maybe you even feel judged by other people for your parenting style and the way that you go about raising your kids. And I think our culture can tend to send this message that if you want to be a good mom, you need to have the perfect parenting style. You need to be up on all of the trends. You have to read a whole list of books in order to be a great parent. And I'm not saying that preparation isn't great, but is that really what God cares about the most? Are you defined by staying tuned in on the up-and-coming parenting techniques? I don't think so, and I don't think that's what the Bible teaches. So I think more important than that, God wants to do a work in your life and through you. And so let's put aside for a moment everything that the world says it takes to be a great mom, and let's talk more about what God wants to do in your life, in this season that you are in right now. And it is all part of God's plan for you to be in this season of motherhood that you are in right now. God has you there on purpose for a purpose. And if you are a Christian, then God has this plan for your life and this desire for you to be like Jesus in your thoughts, attitudes, and behaviors, and to be an example of Jesus to your kids and to other people around you. And God can help you to become more like Jesus through whatever season of life that you're going through right now, whether you're a mother of young kids and you're staying up late at night, you're taking care of all of their needs, running around the house, God can use that season of life to help you become more like Jesus. Or if you're a parent of teenagers and you're going to sports games or you're driving your kids here, there, and all across the world, that's the season of life that God has you in right now. And God can use that season of life to help you become more like Jesus. And even if you're a parent of adult children and you're trying to navigate how to still be involved in the lives of your adult children, God has you in that season of life on purpose. And so this morning, we're going to look at a bunch of different verses in the Bible to talk about what God wants to do in your life and through you in this current season that you are in right now. And we're going to be gearing the application towards mothers. 
But even if you are not a mother, please don't check out because these verses are just as applicable to you, to whatever season of life you are in, whatever situations it is that you are going through. And so we're gonna start things off this morning by talking about this idea that God is refining you through the season of life that you are in right now. In Romans 8, 28, Paul says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Now, it's a pretty big deal to say that God works all things together for good. And maybe you could relate to this verse a little bit more if it said, and we know that in uh, some things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Because you could probably come up with a whole list of things they don't feel good and it doesn't feel like it'll ever turn out for good. You could be like, hey, wait a minute. How about sleepless nights? How about cleaning up constant messes throughout the house? What about doing math homework with my kid? It doesn't make sense to them. It doesn't make sense to me. Or driving my kid to the emergency room. How, how is any of that good? How could that ever be turned into good? And I think it's hard for us to imagine that anything so uncomfortable could be called good. And it's tricky because God has a different idea of good than we do sometimes. Sometimes our idea of good is what's comfortable. But God's idea of good is oftentimes what helps us become more like Jesus. And God can use the hard times in whatever season of life that we're in and the challenges to help us become more like Jesus. And this process is called refinement. Refinement means making something pure or improving something, especially by removing unwanted material. And I think a great illustration of this is one of the most famous statues from the Renaissance time period. This is a statue of King David from the Bible, and it was sculpted by Michelangelo. Now, this statue of David was carved out of a solid block of marble. And the entire thing, once it was completed, weighed five tons. And it took Michelangelo three years to complete. I thought about it this morning. I haven't even been at Bridgewater three years. So I can't imagine devoting the last three years of my life to one project like that. And I sure hope it would turn out that good. So this is such a spectacular piece of art. The Pope asked Michelangelo, how did you do it? And Michelangelo said, it's simple. What a boss. It's simple. I just removed everything that isn't David. So in that big block of marble, the statue of David was already in there. And all Michelangelo had to do was remove all the pieces of that marble that didn't need to be there so that it could reveal this figure inside. And God might not be using a hammer and a chisel to chip away at our lives. But God can use the seasons of life we're in and the challenges to help us to learn and grow and become more like Jesus and remove the parts of our lives that don't help us become more like Jesus so that we can be a better example of him in our lives. And God has called us to this season, 
Let's keep reading in verse 28 and 29 where he says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. I think when the artist Michelangelo was looking at that block of marble, he had kind of a mental picture of what that block of marble could become. The potential for that block of marble to become a statue of David. And I think that for those of us who have our faith in Jesus, before we're even born, before the world even began, God had this plan and this calling for your life to become like Jesus, to be conformed to his image, which is a fancy way of saying becoming like Jesus in your thoughts, attitudes, and behaviors. And we're all a work in progress. None of us have arrived, and we won't ever get to this point of fully being like Jesus until we're with him in heaven someday. But until that day comes, we have this calling to do our best to model Jesus in our lives. Maybe you're a little bit overwhelmed with that idea, like, oh my goodness, if you were in my house Saturday night or on the car ride to church, you know, things are a little bit rough. And if we had to do this in our own strength, none of us would have a shot. I would not have a shot. But Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. And God has put this calling on your life to be an example of Jesus. And he is the one who is faithful to see that through to completion. And that doesn't mean that we get to just check out and we don't have to do anything. But ultimately, God is the one who will come alongside us and see this through. And whatever season of life that you are in, God can do this work in your life. And God has given you everything that you need for this season. In 2 Peter 1.3, it says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And life is full of challenges, and I don't even know the half of what's going on in many of your lives, and the things that you deal with on a regular basis or some of the tough seasons of life, whether that's sleepless nights or maybe you have a defiant child who's just testing the limits, or maybe you have an adult child who really doesn't want to have a relationship with you anymore, and you're trying to navigate that. And all of those tough things that could be going on in the season of life that you are in right now, I'm not saying that I have the answer for your problems, but what we can know from these verses is that God has given you everything that you need to live a godly life in the midst of the challenges that you are going through right now. He has given you everything that you need. There is nothing that you need to be a good follower of Jesus that God is withholding from you. He's given you his spirit, his presence, 
God has given us the perfect example of love in sending Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. He gives us a reason for hope and we can know God's heart and we can know God's plans through reading his word. We can talk to God in prayer. We have the support and the community of the church and people to come alongside us when we're struggling. God has given us everything that we need to be godly Christians. And in addition to that, God is preparing you right now for the next season of life. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You are created by God in such a unique way in order to have an impact in this world that nobody else could have. God already has a plan for the good works that you would do in this life. And, and he designed you so uniquely and so special in order to carry that through. God gave you your personality. God gave you your strengths. He gave you your weaknesses, the things that you get excited and passionate about, and likewise, the things you don't get so excited about so that you can make a difference in this world in a unique way. And we don't know the future, and sometimes we don't know how our present is setting us up for the future. It could be that God is working in your life right now in this current season that you are in to set you up for his overall plan for how you can impact the lives of your kids and the lives of other people in this world for his glory. And I just want to leave that as an encouragement for all of you that whatever is going on in this season of life, that God has a plan to mold you into the image of Jesus to represent him to other people. And that can make such an incredible difference in the lives of your kids and the lives of those around you. And so at this time, we're going to hear a testimony from somebody who's actually a mom and talking through some of the points that we talked about this morning. So please turn your attention to the screen. I always wanted to be a mom, and I really wanted to be an amazing mom. I felt pretty prepared because of how I grew up, but I didn't expect motherhood to reveal just how selfish I truly am. I'm sure I heard that, but I obviously didn't listen. God has and continues to use motherhood to refine me, to make me more like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus, but I struggle to see the day-to-day -day challenges as God refining me. I allow my kids and my circumstances to control my emotions, and then I'm not quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I struggle to restore my kids gently. I forget that God is using everything and everyone around me to remove what isn't like Jesus. So I have to ask myself, am I letting him do that, or am I fighting against it? Do I respond based on what my kids are or aren't doing? Am I sinning in my response because I'm not getting what I think I need? Am I comparing myself to moms around me? Am I sinning in order to get what I feel like I deserve based on all I do? If I remove God from the equation, I miss the fact that He is refining me, making me more like Jesus. The only way to be a great wife and mom is to be like Jesus. I have to be willing to allow God to decide what that process looks like for me. 
God is the one who determined when I became a mom, how many kids we had, how close together they are, and how long I will need to mother them. He created me to raise Cole, Maggie, Sadie, and Gracie. He decided whether they were awful or good babies, how much sleep I got, how bad the terrible twos were, which actually turn out to be about 18 months to 18 years old, how many times we were in and out of the hospital, whether my kids were outgoing, shy, athletic, artistic, musical, academic. But he also determined what motherhood would look like for me in this current season. He wanted me to raise four teenagers during this time in history, in this culture, in this community. He determined what circumstances would enter my world that don't have anything to do with motherhood. He actually orchestrated the events of history to bring me to this exact moment in life and in motherhood. He wants me to be a mom right now to an 18, 16, 14, and 13 year old and knows that not only is that the very best thing for me, but it's actually the very best thing for them. If he orchestrated the events of history to give me those babies and to bring me to this point, I can be confident he will give me what I need to do this well. The one who called me to this season will be faithful to see me through this season. Here again, though, I have got to ask the question if I actually live like I believe that on a daily basis. If I know that he will give me everything I need for this season, then I can't look at my kids or my circumstances to determine if I have everything I need to be godly. When I delivered my miscarried baby, and then did it all over again three years later. When my baby won't stop crying for months and I spend night after night crying in the darkness. When I watch my child continually struggle to breathe. When my child's emotions were out of control. When I watched my child be wheeled into heart surgery. When my kids won't stop fighting with each other. When I hold my sobbing teenager when my child is so mad at me that they won't even talk to me, when I have no idea how to navigate 2023 with four teenagers, when I'm tired and weary from sacrificing and serving and repeating myself and being constantly needed, when I'm lonely, when I'm hurt, those are the moments that I have to remind myself that He has given me everything I need to be like Jesus. My emotions and feelings don't have to control me. I can do this. I can respond with grace and gentleness and patience. I can have joy in the chaos, a peace that makes no sense, and an incredible confidence that He is good. The power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me, so I'm pretty sure He can give me everything I need to respond like Jesus. I worry about my babies. I worry about their future in this world and the future of my grandbabies. I worry about how I will handle the next season. But if I believe that God is good and that He is currently preparing me for the next season, then I don't have to worry about the future. I just have to be faithful right now and take the next right step. God is already in the next season. He will give me the grace to handle what He asks of me then. If I honestly look back, I will see that He has been faithful in every season. He won't fail me now. 
Instead of running from the difficulty motherhood or life brings, I want to allow it to help me surrender any selfishness, prepare me for what is next, and give him everything knowing that his goodness is running after me.